welcome to Crime on Primetime. I'm your host, Kinsey Huseman, and I'm here with my two best friends. Aaron and Malik. Hey, Rod, I'm going to need a little bit more enthusiasm for you. I know it's late. Kins, I know I, you just, I just woke, woke up. up. I just woke I know. up. Talking about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I will, but just, just give me some time. Give me about five minutes. Okay. You have approximately five minutes to give me a little bit more energy. All right. Maybe when we get into the uh, question of the of the podcast, maybe I'll wake up a little bit. Do you want to start that now or should we just, like, keep rambling? No, let's go ahead and get start this thing. Okay, Malik. All right. So, like I was saying before we start this podcast, y'all heard about like the the Python thing in the Everglades. I or, knew like, the, there was the an infestation. I know those. I know they have a uh, Python seasons. Yeah, they have Python seasons, and there's this guy named like Python Cowboy who gets hired to basically hunt and kill pythons. He thinks there's over. Probably they think one million pythons in Florida in the Everglades. One million? I'm never going to yeah. Florida. So like the conspiracy is is that when I think they I think he said they outlawed like exotic animals, and then for people to like still sell them, they just dumped them into the Everglades. I so thought, that way they and they just started farming them. Is that a conspiracy or I thought that's just what happened? No, nah, it's more of a conspiracy. Oh. Because they don't know for sure people dumped them or if they were just there and they just kind of reproduced on their own. But, like, how did they get there? They haven't always been there, though. Isn't that what they're saying? Well, there's this thing. So when they were confiscating, like, people's exotic animals, uh, people were just, like, letting them loose. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird story. There's a bunch of different theories. That's just the main one I heard. Was that they think someone was trying to like farm them, and then that way they can make money off of exotic animals. They did. There's a shit ton of iguanas too. There's more iguanas than there are pythons. I can handle iguanas. They're like, like six them. foot iguanas. I don't like reptiles. I've seen some big iguanas. When me and Dalton were in Costa Rica, we went on this high hike, mm-hmm. and there was just like this huge iguana. Like there were iguanas everywhere, and they were just huge. I mean, they didn't like attack i'm not gonna say i wasn't scared because i was but i would take an iguana over a python i hate snakes yeah you should look up the python cowboy i don't want to hunt some there's a video of him like he gets bit by one and then he gets like start he starts to get like strangled but he got keeps wrestling it and since they're so big they wear out fast kind of like crocodiles and alligators and it just like goes limp and that's how he survives. And he mm. carries it. He has to do like a tourniquet on himself. And then he carries it to his jetty. I forgot what his name, what the name of the boats are. Swamp boat, whatever it's called. Yeah. So what does he do with them after? He just, he sometimes kills them. Most of the time he tries to catch them. And, and do what? I think, he, I think he takes them to like a zoo or something. You probably eat them too. Ew. Apparently they're really good. Apparently that and iguanas like a are really good. whole family with a python. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but nope. Um, fun fact: uh, I actually did a uh, research, and I was like fourth or fifth grade about pythons, 
and that's when I learned they have python seasons in um mm-hmm. in Florida and apparently like, you can like some like professional can take you into the Everglades catch a python and they'll hold it while you cut it that way you kill it A-Rod, fun fact they got rid of it that's what they were talking about when I was listening to this dude really he was saying yeah he was saying that's a part of the problem why they're spreading so fast cuz they don't let citizens kill them anymore yeah that seems like or a liability I mean, it is, but he said yeah. that's like the, that's the only way to combat it is they just have to have more, basically, people fighting the good fight. Yeah, you can't him and like the other people that do it, they can't do it by themselves. They just can't keep up. And that's actually something I've always wanted to do since I did that research is go to the Everglades, and Python hunt. Where but are the Everglades exactly in Florida? It's in South Florida, I think. Yeah, it's somewhere in South Florida. I'm gonna look this up. I gotta know where yeah, I can't because I thought Miami was in South. So Florida. if you actually look up like pythons and all that, there's like a picture of a python like exploding because it was trying to eat two alligators at once. I saw that. And but no, nothing scared me more. I remember I think I was like six or seven, and our community pool had a snake in it. I was like, okay, I'm in the pool. Like, he can't get to me. And then that's what my dad said. Snakes can swim. I said, huh? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, snakes can swim. No, thank and then, you. And then once I, I know the Anaconda movie's not that great, the graphic-wise. I, I kind of want to see it. You yeah, haven't seen it? The second I, one's I better. started it, but I haven't. I didn't, With J-Lo? I yeah. yeah. That's the first one. The first I like one's it because it's cheesy, better. so it's not as scary. But I'm just like, imagine, imagine like getting chased by one of them things. Uh -uh. If Uh, you get, if you get chased by Anaconda, you dead. Python, you might, you might survive. You have a chance, but Anaconda. I typed in Python and the first thing it said was Python problem. Oh, that's too big. That's so big. That's so big. <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she um, said. What is it? Um, yeah, there's actually people who live like right outside, like the Everglades. So they always like wake up and they'll see like snakes and gators on their yard mm-hmm. or in their yard. It said it's a big problem because they're eating all of the native species, and and yeah, uh, that's mm-hmm. why he, the Python cowboy guy, said that they need more people to hunt them because that's why the other species. You should look mm-hmm. up how many. Go ahead, Arrow. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say you should look up how many pythons are in there. I, I said a million, but that could be wrong. I'm not going to sleep tonight. That's I why we're going to go to Florida, to the Everglades, and we're going to kill us some pythons. I'm not. Y'all are more than welcome to. We're going to fight the good fight. History of Florida's invasive pythons. There are two popular theories in this regard. Some people say and believe that these pythons were once pets. In the 80s, people kept pythons as pets in their homes, but because of their giant size and aggressive nature, the pet owners threw them in the Everglades. This theory makes sense, but it's not widely accepted because of the python's exponential growth. If we see the current number of pythons in Florida Everglades, their theory does not look substantial. It's more like a myth. Researchers also believe that this massive population of invasive pythons is because they migrated from their previous habitat. I didn't think there were pythons in America. Like, yeah. not their natural. No, there's, there's a shit ton of them. 
They think that after the hurricane in 1992, pythons relocated to the Florida Everglades. The Everglades do not have any natural predator that could kill the pythons, and food is abundant. Thus, these pythons have been exponential. Where did they come from? They're like, it sounds like the hurricane brought them in. Like, from Cuba? See, that's what people, they say that maybe they got brought here from Cuba, or that the hurricane brought them. There's a lot of different theories. But how does I, a like, hurricane bring them? Like, bring they got washed from... in from Cuba? I don't know. I like they, to believe like, the theory the that they put them there. Basically is what they say. I don't like that theory. I don't believe it. That now, apparently, they can only be in the water for about, like, 30 minutes. Okay, yeah, so they cause... could not have survived the hurricane. Yeah, they so travel Okay, but that's like the big theory because this one says long held myth says Hurricane yeah. Andrew sparked Florida's python problem. Mm-hmm. And then some people think like drug smugglers because you know it's cool to have exotic animals. Mm-hmm. They brought them. They brought them in, and then they were selling them. Well, there's oh, probably like pythons in Louisiana too. This says that the 1992 Hurricane Andrew destroyed a python breeding facility. Potentially setting hundreds of pythons free. There's an annual competition to try and keep the invasive snake population in check. And let's go to it, Malik. Okay. All right. Well, are we done talking about this now? See. Okay. So let's do a little recappy cap because this is a two-parter from last week's second two out of two parts. This is the second part. So let's recap what we talked about last week. Last week we watched Law and Order SVU season nine episode ten Snitch, which was about a man who was in a polygamous relationship and one of his wives died and it turned out to be the drug um drug lord drug gang member drug dealer is the word i'm looking for turned out to be the drug dealer that he was testifying against in the murder trial of the drug dealer and the drug dealer killed his wife to keep Oh no no wait! I'm telling the story wrong. I was like, I... I was like, that's that's not the right story at all. No, I, I was like, yeah. Oh my god! I was like, that's, I was like, that's <laughs> the actual story. Okay, so, okay, so, the wife was in a pol- what? Go ahead. <laughs> so you want you want us to explain? Yeah, it? you go for it because I'm not doing a very good yeah. job. So like like Ken's was saying, it's the there's a guy he's in a polygamous relationship, and then they think the drug lord drug. Now you got me saying drug, <laughs> drug, drug dealer. dealer killed his wife, but it turns out that it really wasn't the drug dealer that killed his wife. It was one of his other wives that killed the wife in an argument because she basically got jealous. Yeah, that's actually what happened in the episode. Nothing of what I said. <laughs> Honestly, if what you said was true, the episode would have been over very quickly. See, guys, we get sometimes we got to help Kins out. Sometimes y'all help me out. <laughs> See, we pay, we pay attention. I it's roll. rare. It's rare, but we help her out sometimes. So, we watched that SVU episode. Then we went into the story that it was based off of. And that's the story of Joy Risker, who 
married her youth pastor when she was 18. Also, I roll there. Uh, but it turns out he was already married. Uh, Joey was aware, and so was his first wife. So they entered a polygamous relationship, the three of them. The first wife had one kid. Joy had two kids. And everything seemed great, uh, except they found Joy's body in the Arizona desert in 2004. And... They identified her actually eight months after she, her body was found. But by that time, and actually when they found the body, what they didn't know is that the police in San Diego already had Sean in custody. And after like speaking with Joy's friends, they found... I'm telling this story wrong, too. My goodness, this is what happens when I don't have noise. Notes. You know, okay. just skip, the, skip the recap, Ken. Yeah, just, just, me. yeah, just okay. go to the story. Well, let, me, let me fix it. Okay, rewind, rewind. Okay, this is what happened. So after Joy married her, got in this polygamous relationship, everything seemed fine, but then, like, it turned out Sean was actually really controlling and essentially didn't let Joy have any independence, controlling the finances, yada, 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 but Joy had confided in her friends that she was starting to grow unhappy and she did want independence and that she was making plans to leave Sean, like start making money to be able to leave Sean with her kids. And the next thing that happened was like her friends hadn't heard from her in a really long time. So they called, started calling Sean and they're like, where's Joy? We haven't heard for her in a while. And he was like, she ran off with her ex-boyfriend that lives in Boston. They ran off to Europe and her friends were like, well, that's, weird she wouldn't just do that so they kept trying like sean started sending these like well we don't know if it's sean they started receiving emails from quote joy about like i don't want to talk to you i'm not ready to talk and they're like okay this is getting really weird so they filed a police report and linda kuzin was on the case and she did a very good job and she uncovered that the last po person that joy talked to like in her phone rec records with Sean and like she started questioning Sean by this whole thing and Linda kind of started piecing things together and she's like okay this his story isn't adding up this is getting weird and the next thing you know Sean walked into the San Diego police station and said I killed Joy Risker and also we talked about how the body was found in Arizona a year after that and they identified it as Joy, so they did find Joy's body. Is that how questions from the class? I'm gonna be honest, like I really don't remember the story. It, it's been a long couple days. Yeah, that's crazy because uh, for our listeners, we're actually recording this early, so like pat ourselves on the back for actually not waiting till the last minute to do something for this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm regretting it though. Mm. It's late. too late. In, no more late nights. You are the one that's like, let's record on Thursday because I'm leaving out of town this weekend. Yeah, well, I fucked up. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, if you have more questions about everything I just said, 
you could go listen to part one, which is already out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Obviously, you know that if you're listening to this recording. But just in case you forgot, there you go. You can go listen to part one if you want to get caught up. So where we left off was Sean walked into the police station, the San Diego police station, and announced, quote, I killed Joy Risker and I want to turn myself in. End quote. Following Sean's dramatic admission, police took him into custody and led him to an interrogation room. I will now reenact the interrogation for you. Oh, no. Sean, do I have to answer any questions? Detective Teff, no. You can pick and choose. Detective Teff, read Sean his Miranda rights. Which, if you didn't know, there's a movie coming out soon. Also based on the true story. It's the true story, like the case that got us the Miranda rights. That led to the Miranda rights being. It looks very good. Donald Sutherland's in it. I'm not going to watch it. That's a very interesting Miranda. Uh... Not, I mean, Miranda's in the name, but that's not, let me look it up real quick so I can give all the deets. Like, I didn't want to watch that Oppenheimer movie. I don't want to watch about people making a bomb. Miranda's victim. Yeah, I heard of it. Okay. So, so Detective Teff reads Sean his Miranda rights. Detective Teff, you can pick and choose. You can stop this interview anytime. Sean, I came down here to to turn myself in. Joy was a missing person, and I was being very misleading to the investigation and everyone else who was concerned about her. And I wanted to confess that. Detective Teff, what is the location of Joy's body? Sean, I'm not sure I should answer that question at this time. Detective Teff, well... We'll think about it, and we'll go back to that. Sean, there may be something. I want an attorney for to to discuss that, you know? Detective Teff. Well, we'll get back to all that. How did all this go bad? What happened in all of this? Okay, so what he's referring to in all of this is that after Detective Teff, after Sean... Sean said, I may want an attorney for that question. He, Detective Tuff got him talking about, like, his relationships with the two women, his jobs, just kind of talking about himself and his life. And so then Detective Tuff goes, well, we'll get back to all that. How did all this go bad? What happened in all of this? Sean, I don't know. Joy and I were incompatible and had been talking about splitting up. Joy's mom died three years ago, and ever since, Joy has been very, very unhappy being in a family and having kids. We were friends, but we were eventually going to split up. Detective Teff, how did this happen? How did you end up hurting her? Sean, that's also probably things I'd talk about with an attorney. I don't know if it's more wise for me to talk to an attorney before going on at all. Detective Teff. It was my understanding you wanted to lead us to where we were, where we could locate Joy. Sean, 
I never said that to anyone. I think I'd rather talk to an attorney about this. Okay, what do you think about this interrogation? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, he would be a good suspect of it. I mean, he has to be when he walks in and says, I did it. Hey, sometimes some people, hey, I've seen a lot of shows or, or movies where people turn themselves in just because they feel guilty. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So right now you're kind of hesitant, like maybe he didn't do it? Mm, I would just be more confused. Like, wait, so you killed her, but you don't want to tell us anything. Yeah. That, that's, that's my Yeah, problem. I'm with A-Rod. That would... That would confuse me too. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's my problem with it is that this man walks into a police station, says, I want to confess to murder. They sit him down and say, okay, confess now. And he said, no. I actually, I, I actually just want an attorney. I never tell Maybe her where the body part is. Of his plan. Like I said, he probably there. He's probably trying to make him think that he feels guilty because she died because she got killed. So they're gonna let him off of it, thinking oh, he could first be a fast one. Yeah. Wait, you think he can walk into a police station, say I killed her, and then the police are like, "Well, if he confessed, then he's free to go." Well, obviously, like if they have no evidence and all that, because they can only hold him for what, like. 48 hours, I guess, without any evidence? I don't know how it works. but Something like that. Uh, so, like, that they, guy they... from the movie... Have you seen the movie Law-Abiding Citizen? Yeah. Mm-mm. Where he, Gerard like... Gerard Butler? Y- yeah, he, he like... Yeah, can't you like that movie? I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, you would. It's on Hulu. Okay, yeah, I'll watch a, it. I'll watch it. It's a crime movie. But any, either way, like, Gerard Butler basically confesses without confessing. So they can't hold him. And they have to let him go. Even though he I clears mean, they did it, they just can't hold him because he technically didn't actually confess. But he didn't walk in and say, I did it. Did he? Who? Gerard he, Butler. He, he basically does. Gerard he, Butler. He basically but he did. doesn't. I mean, Sean literally said, yeah. I. I'm pretty, enough, sure Gerard Butler said, I'm pretty sure Gerard Butler said in the movie, like, it took y'all long enough or something. It was like, about yeah. time. Yeah, as far as evidence, they have circumstantial evidence. Because Linda not only got his phone records and showed Joey's last call was to Sean, but also she talked to the ex-boy because they already, like, already know, her friends already put in a missing person report. Like, they already know something weird is going on with these emails. And Linda talked to the ex-boyfriend who Sean told everyone that Joy was with. And the ex-boyfriend was like, no, I haven't seen Joy in years. And we had no plans to meet up. So they have circumstantial evidence. Also, this man made a full-on confession. Kind of. He did say I killed her. And and then shut up. Like I said, like I said, he probably feels guilty. Because she got killed, and then, they're like, well, they probably, 
and he's not giving them any evidence, and they have no evidence on him. So they're probably just going to end up thinking, well, he probably just feels bad because his wife died or something like that and let him go. Maybe, but maybe that's his plan all along. Well, I will tell you that my next sentence says, Sean was officially arrested for homicide and without a body. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> so Sean was a. Or maybe he's trying to get immunity from it. To mm-hmm. You don't get immunity if you tell where the body is. You get off like but, death penalty. But 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 maybe that they go to court and then then you know what's crazy, Aaron? Huh? I'm gonna tell you what happens. Well, hurry up, man! What you waiting <laughs> for? <laughs> Stop all this jeep yet? Let's go. Aaron's trying to figure this whole thing out. Okay. Sean was officially arrested for a homicide, and without a body, the police needed to collect as much evidence as they could, hoping it would lead to the discovery of Joy's body, or it would be substantial enough to convict if they were never able to recover her body. Because that's happened before, of being able to convict someone for murder without the body. It's hard. It's very hard, but it, it's it's been done before. So, you know, when someone walks into the police station and says, I killed someone, that's enough for a warrant, A-Rod, to go to their house and collect evidence. Nah, they A-Rod, you some kind of genius. They, yep, they searched Sean's house and found traces of Joy's blood in her bedroom and the bathroom. They also conducted a forensic search of Sean's computer and we're able to determine that the emails supposedly coming from Joy were sent from Sean's computer. But the their biggest break came in 2004 when the Arizona coroner's office and police were finally able to identify Joy Risker's remains. So about a year later, they found Joy. It was time to go to trial. And it would be just as dramatic as the events leading up to it. Why are you talking like that? For dramatic effect. Because this story is about to become dramatic. It was already dramatic. Sean's a drama queen. Also, the the trial started in 2006. So Joy died in 2000 in September 2003. Her remains were found in 2004, and the trial started in 2006. See, I would have been like, man, my client, he's wasting his life away, and he's not even guilty. That's what I would have been like if I was his his uh, lawyer. Well, they. I wonder if they like. Because they just did this in the Idaho for murders, but because you have the Constitution says you have the right to a speedy trial, but you can waive that right if you want. Essentially, like if if your defense team needs more time to you know mm-hmm. come up with a good lie or something, collect yeah. evidence. So would y'all want sometime, a speedy trial? Mm. It depends. No, no. 
do I have the advantage or not? Like, does the prosecution nah. have enough evidence? N then, no, I, would I don't. Say I do want a speedy Yeah, it is. You I mean, do you want a but our justice don't. system. Um, like me? Yes. Yeah, you said you'd want one. You said you'd want well, one. Well, yeah. Yes, if the prosecution But if you has don't got no... the advantage? Then but... no. What you just said was confusing. Yeah. I think no, you I meant can't... to say... You're, you're confusing us tonight, man. <laughs> I think this you is meant what to happens, say the like, opposite like... of what you said. If the prosecution Wait, has a, no what? evidence, mm -hmm. what? If the prosecution has no, no evidence against me, then mm -hmm. I would want a speedy trial because they have no. I don't want to give them time to collect evidence. Make them work fast. Okay, but that if makes I sense. Have but no at first, that I, I swear you said the opposite. Oh. Cause you, cause Malik said, would you do, would you do a speedy trial? And you said, do I, am I at a disadvantage? You and said, I said, it's said 50, yes. 50. Yeah. And you said, yes, to a speedy trial. So I, yeah, you didn't. Yeah. Well, would you want a speedy trial? Mm-hmm. I'd probably kill myself if it got drug out. If it was something big. Oh yeah. But I'd rather. Like, all the... If it gets if it gets drug out, you have the opportunity to bond out, so you're not necessarily in jail for the whole time. I'm a flight risk. Couldn't do it. That's true. But what if it's something big like like murder? I mean, you can like still bond out for that. Years. But oh. you're gonna still go to jail for years, you know. I'm a flight risk. I'm yeah. I'm a flight risk too. If I have to wait that long, <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, our justice system isn't fast anyway, so it's not like when you say speedy trial, it's not like it, it's still going to be like a year. Oh, or Kansas talking shit about the the system. I'm just she saying, gonna, like... She's going to disappear now. <laughs> hey, hey, Rob, we saw one of the system's greatest failures when it came to Greg Kelly. Oh, you yeah. still haven't watched that trial like we told you to, huh, Kens? No, not of yet. the dude we went to high school with? Yeah. I'll cry. Yeah, well, we're getting off topic. Yeah, Go yeah, back right. to the story. Okay. So, the stage was set. It would be the people, represented by Deputy DA Matthew Greco. Don't know who that is. I don't either. But I, I figured I could introduce them like they do in the boxing games. Well, boxing games? Boxing matches. Cans. Okay, okay, just don't do it. Yeah. Okay, versus Sean Goff, represented by Albert Arena. You didn't have to repeat it. <laughs> First up was the prosecution. They cracked their knuckles and they said, "We got this in the bag." They set out to prove that Sean had planned and executed Joy's murder. All because he wanted full control over her. They started with the usual. They called Joy's friends to describe the troubling behaviors they had seen from Sean firsthand in the conversations with Joy. 
and how she had a plan to leave Sean. We talked about all that in the first episode. How they mm. saw his manipulative way. How he slapped one of Joy's friends in the face when he hugged her for her birthday. <laughs> they called Doctor Doctor Fulganiti, who <laughs> performed the autopsy on Joy when she was found in Arizona. We talked about that Doctor Fulganiti in the first episode. If you wanted to go back and listen to that. Blood stain analysis expert testified that the blood was consistent with one person domin- dominating and controlling the other and causing them to bleed. They called the computer forensics expert to talk about the emails that were linked to Sean's computer. But the courtroom drama really started when they put Victoria Mack on the stand. This Mary Mac Mac Mac, all dressed in black. black. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> she was Sean's co-worker, who Sean confided heavily in, even Ooh. disclosing his polygamous relationships. On, because you know he kind of kept that quiet for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. On a flight to a conference. Sean told Victoria he was unhappy with Joy and was going to confront Joy about it once he was back, saying she would have to she would have two or three weeks to quote shape up or ship out. Atta boy. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I Vic- kid, I kid, I kid. Victoria went as far as testifying that Sean said he wouldn't let Joy have the kids if he, if the couple separated. When Victoria saw Sean at work again after this conference, she asked how his conversation with Joy went and if everything was resolved. Sean just said that Joy left town on her own to travel to Europe with her ex-boyfriend. You know, the same old story he told everyone. Mm-hmm. Next surprise witness on the stand was Leaf Wright. Sean's Leaf Wright was Sean's friend who ratted on his polygamous relationship to the church. Again, we discussed that in the first episode. Do you remember that? Oh, loud mouth. But that's not what his testimony was about. No, no, no. Leaf testified about a conversation the friends had had regarding a screenplay or book idea. So I guess even though that Leaf ratted on Sean to the church, they remained friends after. Hey, F that. You snitch. That was the name of the Law and Order episode. Yep. Hey, that's when I tell them, hey, snitches get no bitches. Get out of my life. Is that what they say? I didn't Some people do. I say snitch. Snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. Lie or die, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lie or die, like the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. Okay, so Leaf. In in this 2002 conversation, Leaf and Sean discussed a story that centered around, they were like trying to come up with a story, okay? It's not like Leaf called them up and said, I watched this show or movie. They were trying to come up with a story on their own. And it centered around a character who studied cop procedures and tactics 
through TV shows, like Forensic Files, and identified where the killer had gone wrong so that he could commit the perfect murder. Mm-hmm. Sean and Leaf even talked about and brainstormed ways to get rid of a body, which included cutting a body in pieces, using acid to disintegrate it, or hiding the body where it could never be found. Is that not normal? To talk about like how to get away with murder? Because I'm pretty uh-huh. sure we've had that. I'm pretty sure we've had that conversation multiple times. It was on like one of the first like episodes that you could just because we talked about how you could just disappear, mm. especially back in the day, and no one would ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. But we never planned a murder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never done that. But here's the thing. Leaf was also the friend that Sean had told about Joy being lazy and saying he needed to, quote, get rid of her. Do y'all remember that from the first episode? No, but keep going. Okay. Of course, so Leaf testified, you know, to that, too, that Sean had told him that he was going to get rid of Joy. So, I mean, it's pretty suspect when the guy planned a murder for, quote, a book. And then was like, also, I'm going to get rid of my wife. That's a the crazy final... thing to tell someone else. Oh, I'm going to get rid of her? Yeah. But, I mean, it's an ominous thing. Like, what is, I mean, if I was a friend and y'all were like, I'm going to get rid of this person, I would assume that you're going to get rid of them out of your life. So, like, as in, I'm uh, not I thought you were going to say, uh, I thought you were going to say you would snitch on us. I said, that's crazy. No, I would just like, I would. I would just be like, oh, so you mean like you're just going to never talk to them again and just like not have them in your life? But no, they're going to be alive and happy up. in their own life? It was him, your honor. He did it. He told me he was going to kill her. He didn't say kill her. He said get rid of her. What does that mean? The final and most shocking witness the prosecution called filled in all the holes as to what had really happened between Sean and Joy that night. Who do you think the witness was? It was Timmy, the pizza delivery boy. His third wife. That witness was Sheila herself, his first wife. For those of the for, that don't remember the part one, that was close. <laughs> you were. By this time, Sheila had already divorced Sean. The prosecutor started off by asking Sheila why she would agree to enter a polygamous relationship when she really didn't want to. Sheila said, quote, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt that this was what God wanted us to do. And then it was either that or lose my son and the relationship I had with Sean. End quote. Then Sheila started testifying about the days leading up to Joy's death. 
Sheila had proposed the idea that the whole family take a road trip to Santa Barbara that weekend, or Santa Barbara the weekend of September 19th through the 21st of 2003. Sean and Joy opted out of the trip, but insisted that Sheila still take all of the kids. So that's Sheila's one son and then Joy's two sons, all by Sean. Mm-hmm. On September 13th, Sean ran a few errands. First, he stopped at Lowe's and he bought a shovel, a pickaxe, a pickaxe, a hacksaw, a three-eighths inch tow chain, a sledgehammer, 75 feet of rope, and two padlocks. Who the fuck buys all that at once? Like, come mm-hmm. on, dude. You think you would break it up? I oh. would have broken it up, but bought it at different stores. He did. Then he went to Walmart and bought a large cooler, a pair of gloves, five one-gallon paint buckets, two rolls of 250-square-foot of plastic sheeting, 55 yards of duct tape, a butcher knife with an 8-inch blade, a cutting board, and and a 6-foot ladder. Do we know if he paid with card? I don't know. I I would have paid it in cash. And thrown away the receipt, so you never trace it back. Yeah, That's what, what looks the I think the teenage cashier was giving him, and he bought all that stuff. Boy, they probably weren't paying attention. Oh, I I would have been paying attention. I would have been absolutely terrified. I'm gonna be like, hey, so what you doing <laughs> all with all this, sir? Like, he said, oh, you... just a project. A project. And that's what he said when she when he got home and Sheila found him. So he got home, and he was, like, unloading it all in the garage, and Sheila was like, uh, what is this? And Sean explained that he was planning on doing some work in the yard. Oh, look at that. Man. I would have been, uh, Sheila should have been like, so what kind of work do you need that big-ass cooler for? I will now reenact the questioning that followed for you. Oh, great. Deputy DA Greco. Was he the kind of person who had hobbies like woodwork? Sheila, no. Greco, plumbing? Sheila, no. Greco, Greco, landscaping? Sheila, no. Greco, what was his level of being a handyman? Sheila, none. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> mm the Goff's property manager even testified that gardening services were included in the rent. Well, that must be nice. Yeah, what, it must be. But I think his whole point was like, I don't know why he would need all of that. Well, yeah, true, but it must be nice to have that. I mean, I have got a real yard, so I don't need that. But it would be if I had one. Neither do I, but yeah, same. <laughs> Yeah. That's a lot of suspicious things. Because mm-hmm. what do you need a pickaxe for? For housework? Also, you don't bring home the materials, dummy. You, like, mm-hmm. rent somewhere. Like, you're supposed to, like, rent a storage or something like that. You're not supposed to do Pretty anything because you're not supposed to murder anyone. Look, hey, 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 we're talking hypothetically. Look, Kent, you want me to think about it? I have to get in the mind. Of <laughs> I wanted you to think about it as insane. Man, this guy's an idiot. He is because 
everything he's doing is wrong. You don't bring the weapons home. But it's oh so right because it's why. (laughs) Okay. The next thing Sean did leading up to the weekend was rent a Dodge Durango SUV. Which, if you were wondering, I originally wrote Dodge Durango SVU. Oh my goodness. And I have seen so much SVU that I now get SUV and SVU very confused. Dodge Durango's are pretty nice. When Sheila Sheila asked if Sean was also planning on going out of town when she saw the rented vehicles, Sean replied that the SUV was to move Joy's things. Mind you, Joy is still alive and living at the house at this point. And because he wanted a nice car to drive Joy around in for their, quote, special weekend. So it better be a nice car. That's what he rented for romance. <laughs> a Durango. I but was going to say, I don't, if I wouldn't rent a Durango for romance, it's not a romantic car. No. But also, who rents a car anyways to just have like a nice staycation? I would. I would like if it was a luxury car, though. Like you can rent like Lamborghinis for the day in California. But that's like, yeah, different. I mean, just an SUV. Anyways, we'll talk about the SUV more and why he rented it. So he can put her body in it. Well, according to Sean, it's because uh, Joy loves SUVs. And that's why he rented it. Yeah, so does every soccer mom. Also, what? No, what woman's you like? Heard that before? No, I do. I have heard that, but what woman's like? I love SUVs, and the husband's like, okay, I'll rent one for the weekend. I like minivans. <laughs> oh, no one does that. Yeah, I no, mean, no one ever did that. Like, sir, she wanted you to buy her an SUV, not <laughs> rent one. Rent one. Like, well, maybe this is the best we can do. Also, what woman's like, I love SUVs. No woman says that. They say, I want an SUV because I have kids and I have all of their sports shit and band shit and all their shit, so I need an SUV. They don't say, I love SUVs. Oh, I feel bad for Kenzie's kid. Put all your band shit, football <laughs> shit in the fucking SUV. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I'm going to tell him. He's a white. Manu, back to the story. Then, Friday, September 19th, 2003, rolled around. Sean Sean took Joy out for a fancy dinner that cost $229 and consisted of Kobe beef. Is that fancy beef? This, I think, used to be one of the most expensive beefs in the world, didn't it? might be on a Sunday ride. I think he's right. That sounds right. I mean, it has to be if he spent $229. Yeah, I think it used to be one of the most, like, back then it was. I don't know what it is now, but I know, like, it used to be one of the most expensive beefs. Okay. When they arrived home, Joy called Sheila to say goodnight to her kids at 8.36 p.m. Then we know from Linda's investigation that Joy called Sean at 9.36 p.m. The prosecution went on to argue that at some point this night, Sean stabbed Joy to death. He subsequent, subsequently sawed 
out her teeth and cut off her fingertips so she couldn't be identified. Oh. He loaded the rest of her body into a container, put it in the SUV, and drove five hours to Arizona, where we know the body was found. In fact, the mileage on the rental car further corroborates this because when Sean turned the SUV back into the rental company, they recorded the mileage traveled as 800 miles. Just enough to drive to Arizona and back. This guy's really dumb. <laughs> the next we know for certain, and Sheila testified to, the next thing we know for certain, and what Sheila testified to, was that she called Sean on Sunday, September 21st, on her way home from Santa Barbara. Sean told Sheila that Joy cut herself as a dramatic response to Sean telling her he was going to take the boys and fight custody, and that Sean took Joy to the hospital. He then asked Sheila if she would clean up the blood when she got home. Being the obedient wife she was, she did. She cleaned blood off the bathroom wall and shower curtain, off the bed, mattress, and blanket in Joy's room, and she noticed some rugs were missing or in the dryer. When Sean got home the next day on Monday, Sheila noted the SUV which he still had, was very dirty, and there were gas cans inside. She also made a mental note that Sean had scratches all over him and that his clothes were turned. He subsequently threw these clothes and shoes away. At the conclusion of Sheila's testimony, the prosecution rested. How do y'all feel about the case that the prosecution presented? I mean, it's pretty good so far. And also, I think it's just a lot of fuck-ups from... What's his name? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm blanking his name. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of fuck-ups he's doing. I agree. It's just stupid. Yeah. You made it too easy for him. Hey, we love that. We want justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's keep in mind. I, I want justice. Yeah. I just yeah. like to think of it from the other side. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, it was, and maybe that's why he came forward to the police station and turned himself in is because he They were knew, probably on his tail. Yeah, yeah. They were, I mean, Linda was closing in. She had talked to the ex-boyfriend and he had asked for the phone and Sean just felt the pressure and was like, screw it. I'm going to turn my, like. They're about to catch me. I'm going to turn myself in anyway. Maybe he knew he did a horrible job. Yeah. This means it was the defense's turn to steal the show. And they had a trick up their sleeve. What do you think they did? They... Hmm... Watches like a voicemail from like Joe or Joy saying like she's leaving him and all that. That would be interesting. That would be a plot twist. Yeah, it's not that crazy of a plot twist. Sean testified in his own defense. This is his version of events. So everything I'm about to say is coming from Sean. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Sean and Joy 
declined Sheila's invitation to Santa Barbara because they wanted to work things out and to see if they could rekindle their spark. He rented the SUV, as I already said, because Joy likes SUVs. They went on their fancy dinner date, and this is where Joy told Sean she wanted to go to makeup school in Burbank and rent a condo in LA to be close to closer to school. Sean said he suggested she stay in LA with a friend to save money, but Joy insisted on renting. This conversation lasted all the way home, through dinner, the car ride home, still talking about it when they got home. Once they got home, Sean finally confessed he didn't want Joy to go to school at all, which enraged Joy. So Sean left to walk off the ever-growing heat of tension between the two. That's when Joy called him at 9.36 p.m. to tell him to come home because she had calmed down. Sean decided to because he had made up his mind. He was going to go back and he was going to ask her to leave. When he got back, Joy started talking about makeup school again. And in response, Sean said, quote, this is not going to work. Sean testified to the following conversation. Joy, you're not going to take the kids away from me. Sean, you're not even going to have to worry about the kids because I have a Polaroid of some bruises on the youngest son. Sean then walked back to his computer area, got the Polaroid, went to Joy's room to put on his shoes and toss the Polaroid on her bed. Then Joy came flying into the room with a knife saying, quote, you son of a bitch, I will kill you. Then swung the knife at him. Sean said to defend himself, he punched Joy twice, which knocked Joy back, but she came back at him again with a knife. A struggle ensued, ensued which resulted in Joy being stabbed twice. When she went limp, Sean tried to give her tried giving her CPR, but she had no pulse. I thought she cut herself. That's what he told Sheila, but that's not what he's testifying to now. Mm, plot holes. I'm on to him. I mean, yeah. Okay. Also, plot hole is that his defense team. They uh, never put that Polaroid into evidence. That Polaroid has never been found. No, so either way, they couldn't even use it. No, Jerry, I mean, please, please ignore the the. I think it was more along the lines of it's a it's a damn lie. There was no Polaroid. Polaroid. Yeah. But then the uh, the judge was probably like, judge or Jerry, please ignore. I mean, they the... can say that they just like it would have just made a stronger case if they could show it yeah okay so he threw up and thought about calling 911 but did not because he didn't want his son to screw up without both of their parents and he never thought the police would believe he killed a woman in self-defense what do you think of that statement mm, I can see his lie but well, I'm like bro come on now that's what every criminal says. 
Yeah, I mean, I again, I think it's a damn lie. Because then, okay, so you didn't call 911 because you didn't think they would believe that you killed a woman in self-defense. So he testified that he did exactly what the prosecution said. He took her to the bathroom, removed her teeth and fingertips, put her body, body in a container, loaded it into the SUV, then went back into the house to attempt to clean. Like, I'm sorry. Removing her teeth and fingertips is not really what you do if you just killed someone mm -hmm. in self-defense. They were probably like, he was so freaked out. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. He was like... Oh, yes. That's what they said. That it was uh, panic shock. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. One of the oldest tricks in the book. I mean, yeah. This is, like, so dumb. Because it's like... I don't know. I mean, damn <laughs> lies. Okay. The next morning, he left to dispose of the body, presumably without a plan. He said he didn't know where he was going. He just started driving. While he was driving, a friend called to remind him of a party him and Joy were invited to that night. He lied and said he couldn't attend because they were on a romantic getaway, which is absolutely disgusting. You call your wife, you kill your wife. And then you tell like your friends that it's a romantic getaway. <laughs> any any lie better than that? Oh, it's just so gross. Finally, Sean ended up in the desert and decided to place the body under the a tree. As he was doing so, he realized Joy could be identified by her face, so he bashed it in with a rock. That's crazy. Wait, repeat that? He was placing the body under a tree and then realized that Joy could still be identified by her face, so he bashed her face in. That's so I wonder how, how bad it. He, Yeah, I wonder how bad he did it, because you have to, like, bash your face in pretty forced. good. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Dr. Fulganetti, if you remember to the back to the part one, I mean, sh when they discovered the body, she had said that, like, the face was, like, essentially completely busted in. I mean... Did he, wait, I, did he pull the teeth? Yeah, pulled the teeth. Or he didn't pull them, he sawed them down. Mm. He really is a sick bastard. But still, like... If you didn't want them to identify her, like it's a bad thing to say, but you should have burned her. If he's you got like, no one to identify her. He's got like the makings of a first time like serial killer. Cause he had like, he had he had gasoline, right? Yeah, but I don't think the body was, or maybe it was too decomposed by the time I. There's nothing in like my research that said that he actually burned the body, but I don't know if that's just because they it was like so decomposed that they couldn't tell yeah i don't know or if he just didn't do i don't know mm -hmm. i mean my thing is that your whole thing your whole defense is that you killed her in self-defense but then when you take her body out somewhere you bash her face in yeah like if it really was self-defense don't you think you would feel so guilty and horrified that you couldn't further mutilate her body. 
that's probably what they try to get him. That's what he was probably trying to say. I only like turned myself in because I felt guilty. Like, oh yes, that's the... exactly what he's gonna say. We're gonna get into the. I'm Man, the victim here. I need to go buy yeah. a lottery ticket. Well, I mean, this is the most like obvious, straightforward. All right, Ken's ruin ruin I mean... my um. Uh... <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm I'm not saying that against no, you. It's cool. that, like, no, 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 no. Keep going. Sean's just like Sean's defense and Sean's team is it's like just so predictable. Like, I'm sorry, this isn't what happened. You read this from one of those TV shows that you love to watch. Anyways, okay. So he bashed your face in with a rock. Then built the rock shroud, because remember she was found in this like rock big rock pile that looked like sort of like burial tomb Mm -hmm. so he built that out of respect is what he said for her body which is also wild to me because you sawed off her teeth cut off her fingertips and then bashed her face in and now you decided you wanted to have respect for the body Mm -hmm. Then he returned home. During the days leading up to his arrest, Sean said he sent the emails and covered up what he did because he was panic-stricken, as A-Rod has already guessed. But the guilt kept eating at him. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat, saying he lost 25 pounds. But after praying on it, he decided to come forward, as as A-Rod had just said. You know, he was going to say he was felt too guilty. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, that just sounds like, woe as me. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I'm a victim. The Lord has called on me. About his incriminating shopping spree, Sean said it really was for home repairs. In fact, Joy was with him at Walmart, and she was the one that bought the butcher knife and the cutting board. But they weren't camping. And, like, throughout his testimony, he made it a point to say, like, when, you know, he was talking about bashing Joy's head in, face in, he said that, with a, he said it was with a rock, specifically because he, uh, he didn't use the sledgehammer and like he made he specifically said like i didn't list it because i was like this is getting long anyways but he like went through the lit the itemized list and was like oh yeah i used that like for paint i put the tarp down because i didn't want to get paint on the ground i used the pickaxe for this and like name specific things around the house he used it for and made sure that he when telling the story purposely he was like but i didn't use the container to put joy's body in like the container i bought to put joy's body in i used a different one i didn't use this i I used something else oh like when he saw down her teeth they specifically were like oh i didn't use the hacksaw i had just bought i used something else I was like, so you trying to defend that you didn't buy it for it by saying you used something else to kill her? Yes, essentially, to make it look less... Because 
they were essentially going for like self-defense or mm-hmm. manslaughter second degree essentially they were because the prosecution set out on for first degree because they were like for first degree it has to be premeditated you have to prove that they plan to kill this person yeah and the prosecution was like well hell yeah he planned to do this like he had a conversation with his friend about how he would get rid of a body he bought all this incriminating stuff he rented an suv like he he did all this all these things this is first degree murder so i think his defense was let's try self-defense but if we can't get self-defense we can at least try for like manslaughter second degree um and so they're trying to prove that this wasn't premeditated. So they they have to explain why he would buy all of those things ahead of time. Did he ever say why he drove to Arizona? He just said that he didn't know what to do. That he knew he had to dispose of her body and just started driving and just drove and drove and drove and then finally pulled off and found the tree in the Arizona desert and just decided that would be the place is what he testified to. I mean, that's what he said. Who knows? Maybe he always knew like no one's going to find her in the desert. Yeah. I don't know. The defense closed with, I will now read you the closing arguments of both the defense and the prosecution. So the defense attorney, Albert Arena, said, quote, and you have to be convinced beyond, a, he's talking to the jury, and you have to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that it was not possible for Joy Risker to have intro- introduced that knife into the bedroom. But I wasn't there. Mr. Greco wasn't there. Everything he talked about in his story of the case. So I think he's trying to say, like, the prosecution hasn't proved this beyond a reasonable doubt. Doubt There is, like, there's some possibility that Joy really did have a knife and Sean really was defending himself. Yeah, like, nobody else, yeah. They're no trying one else to, was there. No one else they, was there, so you have to take Sean's word for it. They're kind of, they're try, I feel like they're trying to turn it into, like, a he said, she said kind of thing. You know Except I mean? she's dead and yeah. he's still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, I guess that's all you can do. I mean, what do you think of that, that defense? Let's talk about that. What do you what do you think about what the defense's case? See, I feel like I don't know. To me, there's just too many holes. I just think of like, look, man. Like I don't know. There's just too many holes to like. The it's just everything stacks up against them. Everything like. But what do you it, think? So you think there's too many holes in his self defense case? Yeah. Malik, I think yeah. I think his defense makes you like think about it, or it will make like a jury think about it. Makes you them think- question the reasonable doubt. Even so though you his think story it's like, like not a of, bad case. Yeah, it's not bad. Like it, it's stupid. I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where because I feel like if you keep word. repeating the same thing, 
it's going to start going to your head. Well, like, well, he did say this. Like, yeah, it's like he is going to have like you keep thinking about it. Yeah. But here's my thing. Okay, so we heard all of Sean's story, but then you have to compare it to what the other said. So Sean has this whole story of like it was self defense and yada yada yada, but told Sheila that it was because Joy did it to herself. Like, why didn't he just t- tell that story the whole time? In his defense. And then Reynold, I don't... Like I said, I don't think his story's good. It's just enough to, like, maybe make you question the without mm-hmm. a reasonable doubt kind of aspect of saying that someone's guilty. Yeah. Just I mean, enough it's to the make best... you think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's the best they could do. I mean, they did, like, have their own, like, blood spatter expert, too, that was like, no, this isn't right. But I think, like, the blood spatter wasn't even, like, the prosecution's, like, strongest argument that they made. Mm -hmm. So at that point, it's just like, you're just trying anything because you have nothing out. I don't know. I think I would find, I think there's enough evidence against him. To yeah. be like, he killed her. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I just think the evidence and the facts just stack up too much against him. He killed her not in self-defense. Yeah. I think there's too much evidence to prove that it wasn't self-defense. Mm-hmm. One thing I would be curious about, and I, I wonder if it's because like too much time had already passed, is like, well, he said that Joy was at Walmart. Where's the security footage? Like, I would love to see security footage to see if Joy was already there. But hey. I think they only keep that security footage for so long. So I think it was probably already, like, taped over if they even had it. And he said that she tried to attack him with the knife? Yeah. Where's the marks? So you telling me that she didn't like any marks on him with the knife? Well, he had scratches on him. But, I mean... That could be like the that could just be like him attacking Joy and Joy just trying yeah. to defend herself. Like she's probably just trying to push him, push him off. Of yeah. Her. I mean, and like, what's the size difference? Yeah. I I I don't. I mean, also like the Polaroid that would make a really strong case too. But you're you're sitting here talking about this was all over a Polaroid that was evidence of child abuse, but you can't even present that at trial. Mm-hmm. To me, that would discredit the story a little bit. Yeah, I'm interested to hear the uh, prosecutor side. Okay, so his closing arguments were, quote, she would say, "I've already told you." I've told you with my blood in the house, and I've told you that this crime is so unspeakable with my hands and my fing- with my hands and my fingers are missing. Hear her, hear her. End quote. Oh, he tried to make him get all emotional. I know. To me, that's like really powerful to be like the victims telling her own story through death. <laughs> The part that would get me to where it was like, all right, he did it is when he chopped off her hands or, or like her fingertips and all that, and when he bashed her face in. Because if to you me, in that panic, would do it too. and it, like if you're in panic distress, you probably don't think of that. You probably just think about dumping the body and leaving. And if you really feel guilty and horrified at what happened, 
you would feel that, I guess, like... Sooner? Well, I guess we can't speak to, like, how you would... I mean... Because everybody would act differently. Yeah, you would react differently. But I would think yeah. that if you did it, you would be so horrified and guilty that you just couldn't do that. Like, maybe you dispose of the body, but you wouldn't be able to mutilate it in the way that he did. Mm-hmm. And so quickly, like, you're telling me you killed her, and then your first thought was, like, okay, I need to saw off her teeth and cut off her fingertips? Yeah. Like, I don't think but, that's your, like, I mean, again, you never know how someone's react, but that's a weird first reaction. Those are the two parts where I'd be like, all right, he did it. And then bashing her face. Yeah, it would be, like, the aggression afterwards that I would be like, yeah, I don't know. You took this, like, a little too far. Yeah. Okay. So, the jury deliberated. How long do you think they deliberated? This kind of shocked me. It was probably, like, five hours. Probably a day. Malik, how long do you think they deliberated? Mm, I kind of feel like it was for a long time. Like a week or something. Watch his, like, it was only weeks. two hours. Really? Oh, they was ready. Yeah, they they had decided this shit in two hours. What do you think they found? Guilty. He was guilty. They had enough listening to this nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel like if you come back with a verdict that fast, that fast, it's usually yeah, guilty. It's guilty. So yeah, he was found guilty. He was sentenced to twenty five years to life, and that's the. two-part story of the horrible murder of joy risker i think there was like appeals because like a lot of most of where i got all this court stuff was from a court document but the court document was for sean you know filed appeals i have it pulled up let me see what he i can't tell but i don't think it went anywhere you didn't he try to like even think about like insanity or anything like that like applying, like trying to go for that in court. Okay, Sean Goff appeals contending the judgment should be reversed because the court committed Doyle error by allowing the prosecutor to cross examine him about his post Miranda warning failure to tell police officers that he acted in self defense. Okay, because like this was the other part was like the prosecution basically said, well, if I mean, the self-defense so like in cross-examination so they were basically asking sean like okay if you did this in self-defense once you came into the police station like why didn't you tell him where the body was like why would you keep this a secret and why wouldn't you tell them it was self-defense at that point you already turned yourself in and so i think they were basically saying like well his marina right said he didn't have to so they shouldn't like have brought that up they're just uh, I think that's just trying to pull something out that, of their Yeah, ass. that's just that's reaching. And they also appealed because it, the judge permitted the prosecutor commit to comment on mat, these matters during the closing argument. So they also said it in closing argument and they're like he shouldn't have got to do that. Goff also contends the court committed prejudicial instructional error error by giving Cal crime number 505 which he claims misstates the law of self-defense by requiring that the defendant quote uses no more force than reasonably necessary 
smashing her face in. Well, I mean, she was already dead by that point. But still. Yeah, so I think the judge was like, you know, self-defense is defined as, like, using as much force as necessary uh, to defend against an intermittent danger of being killed or suffering great bodily injury. And actually, I do know what they ruled. I remember now. Let me scroll down and I can read what they ruled on this appeal. They probably said, fuck no. Yeah, that's it. That's basically what they said. We're like, yeah, I think they said possibly Doyle error, but like it wouldn't have made any difference. Yeah. And then they said that, no, the judge did the right thing by this, like defining what, what the sentence, like what self-defense meant. Like they were in the right for that. Maybe not this other thing, but it wouldn't have mattered either way. Like, yeah, there is, there is plenty there's it wasn't detrimental to the case like there was enough evidence to yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a big factor of it yeah Mm -hmm. so you know he did his appeal thing it was dumb (laughs) but yeah that's 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 that horrible two-part series Mm -hmm. and now you see why this had to be a two-part right oh yeah because Malik said we couldn't have a three-hour episode. Yeah. If all of them yeah. are, all the episodes are an hour and a half because they're two parts, that's fine with me. <laughs> but is that fine with me? Okay, so he... I guess what Go we ahead. need to talk about to like what we usually do to sum up all these episodes is uh, similarities and differences between this and the and the Law and Order SVU episode. Um, well, the husband did do he it. didn't. He didn't kill his own wife in the TV show. Yeah. Um. What else is there? There was no drugs dealer whatsoever. Yeah. Um. They were placed in New York in the show. This was in Arizona. <laughs> also, it's uh, it wasn't polygamy. Wasn't happening because of their culture it was happening because sean's an ass because he's a freak he's super freak super freak i wouldn't call him i would call him an ass a predatory ass he's nasty yeah yes nasty boy lock him up (laughs) you dirty they did they locked him up so yeah basically uh the similarities are a wife died and polygamy yeah and dick said that's good enough for me let's write a show <laughs> let's write an episode just put a drug dealer in there and call it good yeah make him believe it. yeah all right well do y'all want to hear about what we're gonna watch for next week let us know sure. Yes, I like it when y'all guess. Hey, uh, mm, you first this time. Let's see. I'm trying to think. What do we just watch? So we watched SVU. The week before was CSI Miami, correct? Yeah. The week before was New Orleans. No. The week before Miami wasn't New Orleans. No. What mm. was it? I think it was Miami twice, right? Just no. two different Miami shows. No, it was SV or Law and Order. Law and Order Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, 
I've got to update our listeners. Okay, I figured out what happened in this show and why Law and Order LA got canceled. It's because they fucking killed Skeet Ulrich in like the first few episodes. I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, that was the guy from Scream love. that I like loved. The oh. dude from Riverdale. Yeah. I've only seen like the first season of Riverdale. Either oh. way, then he wasn't in it. But the guy from Scream. Oh, but one of the main cop dudes. Anyways, yeah, they killed one of the main cop dudes in like I don't know the first twelve episodes. So then they made Doctor Oct. Did you realize? Or y'all? Okay, sorry. So also, LA had two DAs. So every other episode was Terrence Howard, and then the other episodes. Where the guy that played Doctor Oct in Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies, oh yeah, but he was also really good. So then they made him a police officer because they killed the other one, and then it was just Terrence Howard the whole time. And also they okay, so that all happened in like the first twelve episodes. Then they I guess had already decided to cancel the show that it wasn't going to come back for season two, so they ran with the rest of the episodes like that. But then the last five episodes of the season, freaking Skeet Ulrich shows back up as a detective. No one says anything. And I'm like, are they acting like this man didn't just die? And then Dr. Ock went back to being a DA. I was like, and no one's going to say why. So then I looked it up and it turns out that they had already decided to cancel it. And they had filmed those five episodes in the beginning, but decided to go a different direction. So they just played those five episodes. So they like played them out of order. Hmm. I'm still trying so to think I, what what we're watching next week. I I watched all of it because I was I was thinking I was like okay so we went SVU Miami then I totally forgot what was it it was Los Angeles New Orleans yes was it in in NCIS after it was CSI CSI what was are you just gonna go through our whole history? I'm thinking like because we don't usually repeat it all, and then before that was Hawaii Five O. Yes. So, hmm. We have. I hate to say it. We haven't watched the original Law and Order in a while. Okay, is that your final answer? Yeah, I'll go with that. Malik. Hmm. What's that one? You and Taylor like. Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Yeah, yeah. Are we ever gonna throw in SVU U, uh, UK? I gotta, I gotta enter it into the spreadsheet, but uh, we will, we will. Okay. So what was it? Okay. NCIS. The OG. Season four, episode seven, Sandblast. Okay. So it's crazy, because there has been a pattern with our episodes even though it is randomized essentially every time we have an svu episode we have an ncis episode like those two are always back to back so it's like be honest with us when you ever do the randomized thing and let's say you get a show do you ever say "Eh, probably not that one and press it again no oh yeah liar no (laughs) i swear like i it's Gotta keep it consistent. NCIS. Which one's that one? It's we've watched it so many times. Is so that the one with the, the military, military guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gibbs. 
and, yeah. and Dinozo. Nah, no, it was alright. I mean, we've watched some. I'm telling you, listen. Episode our our episode six was SVU. Our episode seven was NCIS. Our episode ten was NCIS. Our episode eleven was SVU. Our episode sixteen was SVU. Our episode seventeen was NCIS. And then our yeah, and then episode twenty four and twenty five SVU. Episode twenty six NCIS. Crazy, right? Mm, I don't know. Sounds sounds too uh I'm not rigging it. Trust me, because if I was gonna rig it, we wouldn't be watching this much NCIS. I say Meme League should have one free randomized one. So let's say you pick an episode one week and we don't feel like watching that show. We can submit our free pass and you gotta randomize it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like randomize it. Also, that's what I think you should start doing: randomizing it, randomizing it on the show. I'm struggling with that word. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, like, what like do you do mean, random? Do it like, like picking lower. the show. Yeah, like not telling us what show you pick, but do it on the podcast. Oh, like do the. Here's the thing: I'm like five episodes ahead of y'all on my spreadsheet Aww. because I thought i was just always going to be five episodes ahead nope <laughs> i was like right. ahead and yeah, now she now she's struggling <laughs> guys I, yeah. when, when we guys. started this i was so much farther ahead i was five episodes like by the time we recorded our first episode i had already written like three or four episodes like guys look guys i i i can't complain too much because i don't want to write so i give ken's, ken's a lot of credit but what is it? The, the first episode, part one of this, we were like an hour and a half late on what time we chose. <laughs> we were to one hour late. And then today, I'm pretty sure she said, don't worry, guys, I'm about to be done. I think like 30, 45 minutes later. An hour later. No, yeah. it was Let me go to the bathroom minutes. and then I'll be ready. It was 45 minutes. We were supposed to record at 6.30. We ended up starting at 7.15. Listen, I thought I was going to get like home from work so much sooner but like work got really busy there was a lot to do why don't you start doing other stuff while you're at work like the episode like everybody else i did write i did write this episode at work today so you still couldn't finish it well because yeah i wrote it during like my 45 minute lunch part of it i didn't get it all written there but i had actual work stuff to do no one actually works the whole eight hours while they're at work Oh, I trust me. There's yes, I do work the whole eight hours. That's crazy. You need to you need to dial it back some. Yeah, I can't. Can, Plus, can. I Lord. yeah, I, I can't. Or work faster. Mm-hmm. There's too much going on. There's always something to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why you gotta scale it back. It'll be there later. No, I gotta actually hop off and work now because I forgot that I have to give a training in the morning and I haven't wrote that training. Uh, you just do training to shoot from the hip. Yeah. Write down some sticky notes. No, All righty, y'all. Put it As they keep rambling, I'm going to sign us off. Make mm-hmm. sure you follow us on every social media. We're on Apple, or Apple Podcast, Spotify, and you said Amazon Music? Amazon Music. Battle Boom. Um, like, my name's like, like, yeah, that's what I said. Hey, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Rate. Anything helps us. Rate, 
Um, but yeah, make sure y'all follow us. Also, send in a question for us for next week because Malik is struggling on those. All right, my name's Ann Rodriguez, Kenzie Hughesman, Malik Jones, and we will see you next week. Sign off. Mm-hmm.